Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. We're on topic today, apartments, the multifamily industry. You know, the multifamily sector was the first one to um, perform better after the recession. You know, the property has uh, done, the property types done well. You know, we've had favorable conditions, including economic conditions that have uh, impacted the multifamily market. And, uh, you know, we've also had some other factors that surprisingly like the demographics and the millennials so the apartment market's done well well that does bring up some questions doesn't it like how long will the prosperity last and then new constructions really kicked up so how is that going to impact the market and then some people are concerned to, to see how is uh, the housing the return of the housing market going to affect multifamily We'll find all that today and more. Please welcome my first guest is uh, Stephanie McCleskey, Director of Research with Axiometrics. Stephanie, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. Well, we appreciate you being with us. And uh, to start us out, how has the apartment market performed in the first quarter of 2014? And, and how does that compare to where's the trend there? Sure, sure. Well, based on Axiometrics research on the apartment market, uh, results have really been mixed depending on which markets you're looking at. At a national level, annual effective rent growth for the first quarter uh, shook out at about 2.9%. Um, so that's, it's, it's slowed from the previous years. 2011 through 2013, we saw rates anywhere from the 3 or 4 or even 5% range at a national level. And so now it's, it's, it's slowed down a little bit to be at 2.9%. Um, the long-term average is 2.1%. So we're still trending above what we've seen historically. Now, the national occupancy rate is at 94.4% uh, for the first quarter. Um, we're expecting it, it to peak out a little bit, but it's, it's remained pretty steady, even with the amount of new supply that's come online. Right. It's important to note, like you said, that 2.9%, um, that's very healthy, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's, it's actually a, a really great rate. And there's some markets that are doing phenomenal right now, um, other markets that are struggling a little bit more. But 2.9% definitely by historical standards is, is a very healthy growth rate. So what do you guys expect moving forward in 2014 and beyond? Sure, sure. Well, again, it depends on the markets in which you're located. But overall, at a national level, we're forecasting uh, effective rent growth to um, end the year of 2014 at 2.7%. Um, the occupancy rate is going to end the year around 94.1%. Um, we're expecting rent growth to continue to slightly moderate over the next couple years and then pick back up. It's, it really all comes back down to the apartment fundamentals and how much new supply we come online, what's job growth like, um, demographics, as, as you had mentioned earlier. Um, but it, it's still, again, healthy for 2014. Right. That's uh, that's good news. And what about Class A properties and Class B and Class C? I mean, our listeners have all types of properties ar around the country. What do you see for performance variances there? Sure. And actually, now more than ever, Axiometrics, we, we encourage everybody to break down by asset class because you can't really determine the health of a market by just looking at the market overall. You've got to break it down by asset class and by um, even submarket. Right now, we're seeing Class B leading the pack at 3.4 percent um, for, for March of 2014. Uh, Class A struggled uh, the second half of 2013. A lot of that stemmed from the new supply that was coming online. Um, but it, it is back on the upswing since about November of this last year. Um, so it, it's getting better. And then Class C um, slowed for the second half of 2013, although it was in the lead for the majority of the 2013 among the other asset classes. Right now it's at about 3%, so it's, it's close to the, the Class A growth rate 
occupancy levels for all asset classes, class A and B are very close, um, tight in line with each other at around 94.9%, and then class C is a little bit behind at 93.7. Okay, so there's still a lot of opportunities out there, it sounds like, in the class B and C properties. And and Stephanie, one of the things that some of our listeners think is that the the downturn in the housing market really helped the apartment market, and uh, they're curious about how an improving housing market may impact the multifamily market. What do you guys think? Well, really, like I had mentioned before, it comes back to apartment fundamentals. So um, new supply, job growth, how much new supply are we going to see coming on into into the U.S.? How many new, new units are going to be built? And then how well are they absorbed? So depending on how well we are able to absorb the new supply that comes in, um, we may continue to do very well into the future. Okay. And what do you see for uh, new supply? Uh, you know, some markets seem to have a lot of construction going on. Right, right, for sure. Um, there was quite a bit of new supply delivered in 2013. At a national level, we saw around uh, 155 thousand units delivered into the U.S., and this is based on Axiometrics uh, construction pipeline. So this is actually identified apartment units across the U.S. Um, 2014, we're expecting around 259,000 uh, units to be delivered. Um, we expect supply to, spe- to peak in 2014 um, and then uh, slow a little bit. And some of the reasons why we would see construction activity slow are our construction costs. Is it getting too expensive to make some of these deals pencil out? Um, is effective rent growth slowing? Um, there's already concerns for oversupply in some of the markets, so there would, especially the urban core. So more construction would be needed in the, in the suburbs to maintain elevated construction totals into the future. And what do you hear about construction costs? Uh, are your clients telling you that uh, their costs are really increasing quickly? We have heard from some of our clients that are developers, especially in, um, throughout 2013, that um, some of the construction costs, costs excuse me, have risen, and they've actually had to um, decide a no-go on some of the deals that they were trying to um, develop. So it's interesting how it's impacting um, any, any new developments that they're trying to um, get to pencil out, and if they can't raise the, the price of what they'd get for revenue for the property, um, because the construction costs are too high. Right. And we're talking with Stephanie McCleskey with Axiometrics about the apartment market. And Stephanie, this new supply, where is it uh, the largest impact? Uh, is there certain cities or is it certain core urban markets? Uh, who's most? What areas are most affected? Well, um, there's been a lot of speculation There's uh, about Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of deliveries into Washington, D.C., especially um, in 2013 and expected in 2014. In 2013, we saw around 7,300 units delivered. Uh, in 2014, we're expecting almost twice that amount at 15,800. Uh, again, this is our identified supply number based on Axiometrics um, construction pipeline. Um, job growth really uh, slowed down according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics for uh, Washington, reporting about 0.1% relative job growth compared with the U.S. average of 1.6%. Um, the annual job gain for uh, March 2014 for um, Washington, D.C. was around 3,300 jobs. And if you, if, so if you take the job gain, and if that remains the same for the rest of 2014, and um, you took a job to new, new units delivered, that would be about 0.2 new jobs for every new unit delivered in the Washington, D.C. Um, metro. So that's not very many new jobs for all of this new supply that's coming online. So there's a lot of concern there. 
another market that has quite a bit of new supply where there really isn't as much concern is Houston. Um, the job growth in Houston is phenomenal. It's 8,100 8, annual job gain uh, for March. And uh, for 2014, we're expecting around 6,100 or 16,100 deliveries. So that's about, about five new jobs for every new unit, new unit delivered or being built. So it's, it's a much healthier ratio. And what are the, ra- um, what are the ratios that make sense there? Uh, you know, one's not good, five's great. What makes sense? Five, five, five is around um, is a very is a healthy ratio for yeah. the multifamily industry. Okay, okay. And what are some other factors that are uh, impacting the multifamily market? Some other factors that are impacting the multifamily market: um, affordability. Mm-hmm. So it, it really comes back to, I mean, it's always going to come back to the apartment fundamentals. What is the new supply and the job growth? But not just the new supply, but what are the price? What is what pricing? Um, are these new units trying to get? And if there aren't enough renters available in that space to afford that unit, it's, they're going to have a difficult time um, leasing up, and the absorption rates for that property are going to be um, fairly low. So some, those are some of the factors that would um, influence um, the job growth. I mean, not excuse me, the job growth, the rent growth in a particular market. Um, and let's see. What else would be something well, let, that would? Well, let me ask you about this. Uh, what What are some opportunities, uh, some areas for opportunities in the, in the multifamily market? We're close on the break, but what are some quick tips for opportunities? Opportunities um, for developers, a lot of the... Um, you know, it, it's really paying attention to all of the different... Um, factors that could influence in the apartment market, not just how many new units are being delivered, but paying attention to the economic indicators. What are the demographics for a particular market? Um, is the Are there a lot of people migrating to a certain area? What is the, the age of the typical um, uh, person that's migrating to that area? Is it within the renter age of 25 to 34? Those are the, the, the main renters for the apartment industry. So um, looking at all of the different factors, I think, is important. Stephanie, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Sure. For more from Axiometrics, visit Axiometrics.com. I'm Michael Bull. Stay with us. More on the apartment market. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Remember to check out our new website. You can peruse almost any subject related to commercial real estate and check out blogs and videos and articles. And our new feature, Ask Michael Bull, where I answer a commercial real estate question by video every business day. It's commercialrealestateshow.com. Please welcome my guests, Nick Calaris and Daniel Alexander with AH Capital. AH Capital is a real estate investment company. They do business and own properties in California, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Texas. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here. So you guys have been out active. I guess you're still actively looking and buying properties. Is it the right time to buy apartments? I mean, some people say we're we're past the right time, but uh, as we just heard Stephanie say, B properties are starting to, to really improve well and see. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think there's tons of opportunities out there for us, mm-hmm. at least. Um, we think we've identified a new class. 
sort of in between the CB class. And so there's lots of raw material for us to buy that, that fit that um, criteria. That's what my son said about his grade. There was a new class between <laughs> B and C. <laughs> so, so you're seeing a lot of opportunities and you expect uh, growth. What, what are you seeing on your existing properties as far as uh, current performance? Uh, what's the trend there? You know, the, the trend is very strong. There's no secret. The macroeconomic environment is very favorable right now for renters, especially in this in this uh, space that we operate in where uh, rents are affordable. And, um, you know, everywhere where we can go in and, and get a property up and running, it leases up very quickly. Okay. So if I'm a seller, I'm a property owner, an advisor, uh, what type of uh, properties should I bring you? What size and areas uh, and, and would you be interested in? That's a good question. We, we call that the raw material for the new, the new uh, final product, I guess, so to speak. Um, something that would be similar to in layout internally and externally of uh, something that you would build class A today, meaning, you know, nice unit sizes, plenty of space for parking and amenities and stuff like that, but dated, maybe reaching the end of its usable life, and we can bring it back to life. Okay. So 100 plus units, major cities, um, value add, uh, can have some vacancy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you got something yeah, right now. <laughs> the more problems, the better. And how are you guys finding uh, financing for those types of properties? Are you having to just pay cash or are you able to get some good loans? Well, what's interesting is, you know, in, in the last 12 months, the financing for these types of uh, acquisitions has really opened up. And I think it's just a, another a function of what's going on again in the macroeconomic situation. You know, the banks are sitting on you know, almost two and a half trillion dollars of excess reserves and they got to place this money and so stuff that was you know untouchable a year ago now they're they're calling us asking us if we have any yeah yeah well that's great i think it's a great time for apartments and i think uh, you know that bnc product uh, really has a, a lot of upside and i think it's smart for lenders to to be financing that type of property and a lot of people like apartments, uh, people like the sectors that they work in. What are some of the advantages of investing in the apartment market today? I love the flexibility of it. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to look at a development plan in the future, it's a great way to hold a position. But, but also, um, you know, you, can, you could continually remake the product on the ground level, you know, mm -hmm. based on your client base. So there's tons of flexibility. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and just to add to that, point about flexibility the, the interest rate environment you know makes apartments particularly attractive right now because you know we, th we think of interest rates as sort of the shot clock mm -hmm. and the lower they are the longer the shot clock mm -hmm. so you have you have more time to sort of figure out how you're going to score how you're going to make your return and, mm -hmm. and uh, with apartments right now it's it's a great situation yeah that's a good point and, and I like the fact that uh, you can do so much more in, in management especially in that that B and that C and that new class between B and C that you guys have found and my son's found <laughs> he's gonna kill me uh, but uh, yeah I mean good property management in those types of properties can really be a big difference can it absolutely yeah. I mean it is the difference obviously we're all trying to trying to increase the NOI so to speak mm -hmm. so you want to find smarter ways to do that and uh, a lot of these uh, properties that have reached the end of their usable life that we talked about earlier they are not run very uh, efficiently and so there are tons of opportunities in that in that way yeah and when we look back at you know on our own track record where we've made mistakes that's where we've made the mistakes is is not having the right management in, in place and you, I can't, you know, understate how important it is to have a good manager, especially in these kind of properties where they're they're coming out of years of being undercapitalized. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's always been beneficial for me as a broker selling apartments is actually to find those properties where you can go in and, and as a broker say, you know what, this could be managed a lot better and bring guys like you those kind of opportunities uh, that uh, you can help perform better and create more value. What do you guys see for um, investors in the space right now? Are you seeing more foreign investors uh, in the U.S. buying apartments? And yeah, I, absolutely. You know, we, we started seeing it part of our other business. We do some residential redevelopment in mm-hmm. Southern California, and we started seeing foreign investors enter that market in probably mid-2012. Mm-hmm. And, and these are folks that have made money, entrepreneurs have made money overseas, and there's no better place to put it than in the United States. And if you have a large amount of money, there's, there's only one place to put it, and that's in real estate. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, the, uh, the treasury markets doesn't give you any yield, the stock market's overvalued. So real estate has become a, the place for these folks to invest. And uh, I think they're going to flow into this space. They've already flown in, they've already gone into the class A space. It's obvious mm-hmm. with the cap rate compression that you see in the, in the major markets where stuff, you know, Santa Monica stuff is trading at three cap. Um, I think it's going to flow down into the B's and C's eventually. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, what 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 else do you think is interesting about this particular cycle and the particular economy, and where we are in the apartment industry today? Yeah, I think that what's interesting about this cycle is it kind of relates back to the the macroeconomic situation, and, and in particular in the United States, because the Fed is in a very tough spot right now. Mm-hmm. They have put in a significant amount of pent up inflation pressure. Yet at the same time, you know, it's a conundrum. There's still the chance that we go. There is another uh, liquidity crunch and another deflationary spiral. So it's a really weird space, and I think that's why uh, apartments are actually so attractive because, in this, in essence, it's a very conservative investment mm-hmm. because you're talking about, you know, steady demand. It, they, regardless of where the business cycle are, people need to live, and uh, it's you know, at least in in the B's and C space, it's very affordable. As the economy has been improving, um, I'm curious about these these B and C properties that you have. Have you seen collections and, and credit risk? Have you seen a dramatic improvement in, in that area as the economy's improved? And have you seen any, any diff- variations in the type of tenants and tenant strength you're getting? I think going in, you know, it, there could be a little bit of a shock factor if you're not used to this class. Mm-hmm. You know, we are. We I guess we're pretty well equipped for it at this point. But this new class that we're kind of talking about again, um, sort of like a premium premium economy class. You know, mm-hmm. when you get that buyer, they, they know what they they expect a certain quality product, and so you have less of those issues that you would normally have in the broad class. Yeah, and I guess you're getting less um, tenants that are exiting to buy property, right? I guess you're getting a lot of it exiting A coming to the B and exiting B and coming to C. Is that where some of your tenants are coming from? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think the statistics are there was something around 5 million foreclosures in, during the crash, mm-hmm. and only 800,000 of those folks have subsequently gone and rebought homes. And so there's, there's 4 million people who used to own a home who are now renting, and we, we've been able to capture some of those, those clients in our B properties for sure. Quick tip, can you recommend a book to us? Sure, <laughs> definitely. I, I, for anyone in the real estate game, I recommend a book called The Great American Land Bubble by uh, Aaron Sokolsky, and uh, it just shows that this is not anything new. 
the crazy times that we've been through over the past few years has been going on since the 1790s when, when George Washington was speculating in real estate. Well said, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. More on the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about the apartment market. The multifamily industry has certainly been hot. Speaking of hot, I have some industry giants here today. John Isaacson with Preferred Apartment Communities. Thanks for joining us today. Certainly. Thanks for having me, Mike. And Mike Altman with Cortland Partners. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Good morning. Well, guys, we, we heard a little bit about the kind of the uh, worldly view of the market. What do you see for demand in some of your communities? Uh, Mike, if you could start us out, you know, what do you see for demand in your properties? Well, demand has definitely improved over the last three years. And I think the, the most um, important shift we're seeing now is that the quality of the renter pool is really increasing. The average age of our renter uh, is up 10% or like 3.6 years. So three years ago, we were renting to 34 year olds uh, on average, and today it's 37.7 years old. And you know, that uh, average age increase brings along with it um, a larger income. So our rent to income ratio has improved um, like $8,600 a year. So we're renting to a higher income and a older clientele, which is um, really improving our sort of ability to move rents and sort of the stability of our, of our rent roll overall. And share with the listeners, if you will, the, a little bit about your portfolio, what types of communities. Cortland Partners owns 19,000 apartments uh, throughout the broader Southeast. So that includes Texas. Mm -hmm. And we're really in a B to A space focused in on a value add. So mm -hmm. a lot of our properties are built in the 90s or early 2000s and then have an, undergone a significant renovation to the interiors and amenities and exterior of the property. So it's a, um, it's a high end product at a slightly reduced rent to new construction. Okay. And John, to get us started, tell us a little bit about your portfolio so the listeners have a perspective of where you're coming from. Sure. So Preferred Apartment Communities is a publicly traded company. We're actually on the New York Stock Exchange on the new marketplace. And our portfolio is primarily focused on core assets. We're newer construction. We actually have a mezzanine loan program that funds directly into development. So our assets are would be slightly newer and a little more of a, of a core uh, asset than uh, than what Mike was describing. And what are you seeing for tenant traffic and demand in those core assets today? You know, I, I think Mike said it very well. I, over the last few years since the housing crisis, as home ownership has declined in the U.S., you know, we've gone from you know almost 70 percent home ownership in the country to less than 65 percent. And every time home ownership drops one percent in this country, you create about 1.1 million rental households. And, you know, not all of them are going to come and rent apartments. I mean, they're going to move back in with mom. They're going to double up. Maybe they rent a house. But we, the market has definitely benefited. The apartment market has benefited from that uh, rental household creation. And, you know, we see better incomes. We see better renters. We see more stable tenants. And certainly, I think our retention's gone up. And, you know, as retention goes up, it's a lot easier to push income. And what do you guys think are the factors that will – 
affect the apartment market performance moving forward? I mean, like you mentioned, um, housing and uh, how those a lot of people are renting. As the housing market improves, uh, how do you think that'll affect, especially the core assets? I think as housing improves and as housing gets more expensive, it uh, depends obviously on how apartments keep up in terms of the cost, but I think as housing gets more expensive, it creates more renters, mm-hmm. uh, especially at the younger end of the spectrum, those getting out of college uh, and even in their first or second jobs. I, I do think that uh, you know, it, housing growing, it's different market by market. You know, mm-hmm. If you're in a core market like a New York City or a Chicago or a San Francisco, that's a very different calculus than San Antonio or Oklahoma City where even though housing may be growing, may be getting more expensive, it's coming off such a low base that it's still very competitive with the rental pool. And that, that makes sense on the longer term. But I, I would submit that uh, currently the U.S. Econ- uh, the U.S. economy is pretty tepid. You know, mm-hmm. I think we just posted like 0.1% growth in the first quarter. We all expected like 1.2% growth. So I don't believe that there's a lot of wa- wage growth or income growth happening on the macro. Uh, jobs are still scarce or you know difficult for a lot of americans and so that is affecting that's constraining a household's ability to move on to the next type of housing to a you know a for sale or a uh, a single family product which just results in you know a longer term renter we are are in the business of space over time so if a renter was you know two to three years five years ago and today they're you know three to five years that produces a lot more. Um, that, that that's a, a lot more demand, you know, on the aggregate. Yeah, and we're short on the break, but uh, uh, John, what do you feel about new supply, and how's that affecting? Are you seeing the effect in some of your markets? In some markets, certainly, mm-hmm. I think new supply has grown and if you look at the growth percentages they're huge but they're coming off such a low base a post-world war ii low uh, since the great recession in 07 and 08 i mean in 09 i don't think we delivered you know 72,000 new units which is just microscopic compared to historical averages today we're at or just above on a national level historical averages in some markets like washington dc san jose denver you're seeing a lot more new supply where it's more problematic, but overall, the market's still relatively healthy. Okay. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on the apartment market, including the investment market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some interesting shows coming up for you. Check out our show website for upcoming show topics. We've got one coming up on mixed-use development and a show on the U.S. industrial market. Stay tuned for those shows. And today we're talking about the apartment industry and the apartment market with uh, John Isaacson with Preferred Apartment Communities and Mike Altman with Cortland Partners. And uh, gentlemen, you guys are, have been acquiring properties. Uh, you're out acquiring properties. What do you see for available acquisition opportunities uh, right now? Well, it's a very competitive market. Mm-hmm. I mean, these fundamentals aren't like a secret that John and I have. It's a uh, <laughs> It's widely known that this, the secret's out. <laughs> that, that, this, uh, the, that this market and this uh, investment class you know, has a lot of robust fundamentals uh, behind it. And so, therefore, there's a lot of people entering the market. 
you know, I think there's a lot of big capital uh, pushing um, to get into the space. And so that's making every property that's on the market have, you know, three or four times as many bids as a few years ago. Um, specifically to Cortland Partners, you know, we have a value add strategy where we're, you know, purchasing something, fixing it up and repositioning in the market. So with that um, perspective or that, you know, that, that, that business plan, we're able to look at a lot more types of assets. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're you know, in the eighties built, sometimes they're two thousands built and it's not necessarily the same perspective on the project as um, all other bidders. So we may you know, see an opportunity where uh, other guys are really just looking at the, uh, the in-place yield of the asset. Okay. And John, you guys are a little bit more in the, the core assets, right? What do you see for acquisition opportunities? No, I, I agree with Mike. There's so many more bidders mm-hmm. today than there were two or three years ago. There's private capital, institutional capital. Uh, we see other public companies, uh, both our size, which is smaller, and then some of the larger players. And it just it makes it it makes it harder. It makes it harder for the numbers to pencil out, uh, and it really depends on your cost of capital. I mean, whoever's got the lowest cost of capital is going to be able to price the same yield a little better. And you're looking at for core assets, but not necessarily not necessarily core markets, right? Tell us about that. You know, thanks. I think that's a great question. For us, the core markets, which are really the big gateway cities, New York, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, the cap rates have gotten so low there. There's so much institutional capital chasing the deals. They've driven the cap rates down, sometimes below 4%. And as a yield company, as a dividend-based company who's looking to you know return to the shareholders a, a solid yield, we just can't make that work. So we buy the higher quality assets in those primary and secondary markets that are really outside of those gateway sort of bi-coastal cities. We like markets like Atlanta and Dallas, uh, Oklahoma City, Orlando and Tampa, uh, Raleigh and Charlotte and North Carolina, uh, markets like that that are still strong, diverse economic drivers, uh, big population bases, but just not not quite as core and fundamental as some of the bigger cities. Yeah, that makes sense. And and the volume of sales has seemed to really uh, picked up in all types of real estate and, and investment properties these days. Uh, but um, uh, John, what do you see for volume for you guys last year and then moving forward into this year? You know, last year we had great volume both on our mezzanine loan program. Uh, we actually invest mezzanine loans in new development. Mm-hmm. And our acquisition program was robust as well. I mean, we are more selective. Mm-hmm. So we'll do two to 3,000 units a year. Uh, and probably next year we'll ramp up a little more on the acquisition side based on the strategy that we have in place. We're a little more bullish on our opportunities for next year. But I think for this year it'll be about the same as last year, sort of that 2,500 to 3,000 units. And, Mike, what about you guys at uh, Cortland? What did, have you, did you do last year for volume, and what do you expect this year? Well, we were really blessed last year with both a, um, a, a great capital partner behind us and then you know, sort of expanding into uh, Texas and uh, Orlando with regional offices. So with a a bigger team and and, and strong capital, we were able to actually acquire about 10,000 units last year, which is just out of like a billion dollars of total capitalization. That was uh, essentially doubled the size of our overall portfolio. In 2014, you know, we haven't taken our foot off the gas. Uh, Maybe we're, you know, trying to find third gear somewhere down there. And uh, through July, you know, through you know, through the second quarter, we'll have about nine thousand units added to the portfolio. Um, there are a couple big projects, you know, that are sort of you know seventeen hundred unit projects that are sort of you know sort of chunky, if you will, on on that uh, in those numbers, as well as a big portfolio that's 
you know been we've been working on for three years you know so that's you know sort of unique however the volume is is going to exceed 2013 uh, in total acquisitions and I think it's uh, it's still a great time to buy and um, you know our strategy is to um, continue to increase our portfolio until you know 2016 2017 where we really slam on the brakes with both feet and sort of see where the economy sort of goes off the next edge. Well, that's interesting. Well, what do you see for cap rates for some of the various property types that uh, you're acquiring? Well, I'm more focused on like a class B property as an acquisition. Um, you know, in the very core markets, you know, that John mentioned, you know, those are going at 5% or less. And then in the secondary or primary markets, I think six and a half percent is a great cap rate for those for those assets. Although that's sort of like the um, you know chasing the unicorn is kind of hard to find. Uh, the cap rate is in the eye of the beholder, and you know to argue a cap rate with somebody is you know sort of like a, a circular reference. To say five and a half or six and a half, the reality is if there's a value add opportunity, you know the market is pricing that in and starting to you know really uh, compress those cap rates and. Then it really comes into you know what is the sort of stabilized opportunity, and uh, and that gets even wider volatility uh, by the bidders. Yeah, John, what are you seeing for cap rates out there? Again, I think in the core markets that we discuss, they they can be anywhere from sort of the high threes to the mid fours, That's which amazing, obviously, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it just it, it hardly makes any economic sense yeah. for us. In the primary and secondary markets, we see anything from. You know, five and a quarter, five and a half, up to about six and a quarter, depending on the market. Okay. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on the apartment market, including financing what we're seeing there. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Real Crowd. Real Crowd lets you invest directly into shares of cash flowing real estate with low investment minimums and the ease of investing online. Visit realcrowd.com slash radio. That's realcrowd.com slash radio. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Hey, be sure to check out Ask Michael Bull on Twitter each day. We post a video with a commercial real estate question and answer. We hope you like it. Well, today we're talking about apartments with John Isaacson and Mike Altman. And gentlemen, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, financing, which is a, a big part of any uh, commercial real estate subject. Uh, what are you guys seeing for available financing today uh, for apartments? I think the banks, I think the agencies, I think life, and co- life companies, the gamut, have opened up their doors and are looking for available opportunities. They they like the risk uh, profile, and they're getting very competitive both on terms as well as uh, interest rates. And we are um, looking a lot of we, we look a lot at variable rate inter, uh, variable rate debt, and that allows us to have um, more flexible prepayment and you know sort of buy the project, fix it up, and then put on permanent financing in let's say the second to third year. With a flat yield curve, I'm very comfortable with my interest rate risk on the variable debt. And I think that our economy has a, a, a troubled monetary policy that's going to force the Fed to keep interest rates low even longer than you know the chairman thinks um, or sort of indicates in, in, in her comments. 
Now, what are you seeing for these value-add type properties, uh, if you will, for underwriting um, and and type of leverage that they'll, they'll allow loan-to-value ratios? Well, I've, I've seen loan-to-value ratios pushing 100% of the purchase price, uh, which is starting to show you that the market's sort of getting overheated, perhaps. And that, to me, is over-leverage. But uh, at you know 70 to 75% leverage, I think you're seeing interest rates at 2% or below. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And John, what are you seeing in, in more of the core asset area? You know, our investment horizon is a little bit longer. We're looking at seven and 10 year hold periods for our debt. And so while the yield curve is flat for the next two or three years, there's certainly a sharp spike as you get out past five years. And we feel like the fixed rates today are so low and you know we feel like that creates a ton of value for the asset over a seven or ten year period and even if we did want to exit and mike makes a good point about flexible prepayment but most of the loans we get are assumable and so if even if we did want to sell we feel like that rate's going to be so competitive that it's actually going to add value to the property going forward yeah well that'll be interesting to see if it does and and talk to us a little bit about Fannie and Freddie. I mean, they've always helped the, the apartment financing world, and some people are concerned about them. What's going on there? You know, there's a lot of there have been a lot of reform proposals over the last 12 to 24 months, and certainly Washington's very focused on cleaning up the books, and they'd like to see reform for the agencies, and they'd like to see the GSEs uh, sort of revamped. Mm-hmm. The core focus is on single family, and I think what's important for people to know is that multifamily, as a business division of Freddie and Fannie, they never lost money. They would not have taken a bailout if it hadn't been for the problems that single family had. And and one of the issues that we as an industry have tried to educate the folks in Washington on is that this is a viable asset. It's a viable asset for the taxpayers, and to reform is fine, but to eliminate is is a mistake. It would hurt the economy, it would hurt certainly our industry, and it wouldn't do the, the government or the taxpayers any justice. I think the reform proposals that are in front of the Senate today uh, are very comprehensive. There's some discussions going on right now, and it's possible we could have reform out by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to comment, you, you think that Washington is interested in cleaning up their balance sheet. That seems to be like an oxymoron in a way. Well, you would think, but there's a lot of folks uh, in the legislature who are concerned about the depth and breadth of the government investments in the bailout uh, post-08 and would like to see those investments that the government's made, see that money recouped. And in the case of Freddie and Fannie, almost any way you look at it from a privatization standpoint, that's going to result in a profit. All right. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being in the studio. Thanks, Michael. And thanks for joining us out there in Radio Land. You're invited to join us next week. We'll talk about the industrial market. Don't miss it. So thanks for joining us. Be sure you lead, learn, and laugh. And join us next week for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Atlanta Office Liquidators, new and used furniture liquidators. France Media, Publications and Conferences, and Bull Realty Commercial Brokerage, a great place to do business. For more information on these companies or to access additional podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.